Welcome to the latest episode of Platform. Today's guest is Todd McInerney. Alongside Joey McGarry, Todd McInerney makes up one half of Mushroom Bleeding, and they have several decades of making magnificent contributions to bleeding culture. They have more videos than I could name off the top of my head from early projects like Cirque du Soleil and Better Than Baseball, all the way up through the Big Wheels series and things like Mushroom Blading, which they're up to number eight of, I think. And just the impact they've made on the culture as a whole is undeniable. There is no one who doesn't know who the Mushroom Blading guys are. They are regularly referenced in videos and in interviews and podcasts, and rightly so, because they have left their mark on the sport. And I genuinely believe that Blading is better for their contributions to it. On top of that, Todd is a great skater. He used to be known to stomp a big gap back in the day. He's got some excellent wizard moves and he has a beautiful abstract 540, which I'm going to assume was influenced by Dominic Sagona. In recent years, they've also released their own range of products. They've had a frame with K2. They had several wheels with Undercover and they've just started their own wheel company. I'm currently riding a set of their 58mm wheels flat and they are very good. Basically, mushroom blading just goes from strength to strength and keeps having, you know, a positive impact on the sport. And I think we're really lucky to have two very creative, individual, forward-thinking, fiercely independent people representing us. I'm really excited to talk to Todd today. We have been planning on doing it since round about December, round about Christmas time. He actually asked to come on, so I'm glad we're finally getting round to do it. Before that, though, cue the music. The platform, platform, platform. platform, platform, platform. platform, platform, platform. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How's it going, buddy? I'm good. Um have you just have you just leaked a new product? I, I like the I like the wizard cushion. When's when's Leon dropping that? Yeah, we're dropping cushions. That's yeah, the next thing. That's, yeah, pillows. That's where the real money is. I mean, okay? if you if you can break into the, the soft furnishings market, that's that's where we're going. Yeah, that's, towels. That's some big money right there. Yeah. I know. I know. It's like, a bigger market than rollerblading. Yeah, you know, roller rollerblading is so esoteric. Um, we're we're leaning into the more mass market towels. Think, yeah, I think pillows. that's the problem. Yeah, we've not we've not been thinking big picture enough because I know John Julio went for the mugs. Now you guys are going for the home furnishings. Just going to take over the whole planet with this. That's Speak like of the devil. Oh no way, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> man! We couldn't have orchestrated that better if we tried. I had, I did <laughs> not know you had that. Okay. That's... <laughs> How you doing? Perfect. I'm very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How are you? Has the has the snow thawed in Canada? Is it now is it now outdoor skating season? It has. Yes. Right. The snow has thawed. Um the thing about this time of year is, and you might understand because you have winter in Scotland, I think. Snow. We we have um, we have winter like six months of the year. Yeah. Yeah. So once the snow melts, then the, the roads are covered in dirt. Because they just 
pour dirt all over the roads um, so that people don't crash in their cars. So now the streets are just very dirty. Okay. So, but the good thing is they don't pour dirt on the skate parks. So we've been skating some parks, um, some tennis courts, but a lot of spots are out of the question because they're just covered in dirt right Right now. Okay. Yeah. Beezer, you're getting back to it. We're getting back to it. It was a long winter. Very long. Yeah. I, I literally went street skating for the first time two weeks ago. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, it's, it's almost April. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a long, like usually we have maybe, you know, sometimes throughout the winter where it dries up and we can kind of skate, it warms up. We didn't have any of those this year. So it was a long forced break. Yeah. And getting back into it is always a little bit rough. Because you guys don't have any, you don't have any indoor parks nearby. Is that right? No, no, we don't. Right. So it was just no skating. Yeah. Yeah. Which so, sucks. Every every year I'm like, why don't I just move? Why do I live here? <laughs> <laughs> um, because you've made Kamloops one of the most famous blading destinations. So now that now you can't actually abandon it. Like it's crazy yeah. how like it's just it's incredible how many people like know of Kamloops because of you guys. Like, and it's it's not a big place. I know. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. This little shithole where nobody nobody really comes. Yeah, but... um, it, it you know a part of it is the name Kamloops is very memorable. It's it very is. weird and interesting. Yeah, it just sticks with people. As soon as they hear it once, they remember. Oh, Kamloops. Yeah, it it doesn't sound like a real place. Yeah, it sounds like no. <laughs> it, it sounds like a company or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's quite funny. I imagine if you said to like rollerbladers, like, oh, like name name places in Canada, they'd be like, oh, like Vancouver, Montreal, Kamloops. Kamloops, yeah. <laughs> Some they're like, say what? <laughs> um, so you obviously got in touch and Merlet was like, I want to come on the podcast. And I was like, this yeah. is amazing. Then I'm a fan. Literally a day later, I saw that you're, you'd already recorded another podcast with Jan. And I was straight on the messages to Joey. And I was like, Joey, he is one of the most promiscuous podcasters in Bladen. So he's just he's just swiping right on everyone. He's just going through the... Yep, That's my goal. Yep, yep, yep. That's my goal, to be the most promiscuous rollerblader. <laughs> I want to fuck all of you guys. <laughs> oh, I want to speak to... Even before like all these podcasts existed, I remember having this thought, like, I, I want to speak to every person in rollerblading okay yeah that was thought, like a goal of mine right i thought you were just yeah. going on the massive like uh the massive like promotional drive now that you guys have essentially got your own kind of like little like company going now so yeah it's like maybe he's just kicked into overdrive and he's like right i'm just gonna do all as much press as possible just press it, well press campaign that's part everywhere. of it's win 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 it's, it's all wins you know i get to talk to you i get to try to figure out what's going on in my own head through conversation with weirdos from Scotland and uh, that's true. Also promote the things that I do, you know, okay. talk about things that I love to do. I hear it's you. bonus bonus. Yeah. I love doing it. So what did you guys do for the entire winter? If you weren't skating, like, cause you were still putting out loads of content. Like you guys always have stuff coming out. Um, through the winter, we didn't really put out much. I mean, we dropped MB eight. 
um, kind of at the beginning of winter. Um, Joey's always putting out his nerdy videos, just talking about yeah, narrative all, videos, all, all, all the all the like hardwares. Yeah, <laughs> the detail he goes into, I'm like, wow, okay, it's it's. I was like, I th- I think I'm a blade geek, and then I, I listened to him like just talking about rems for ten minutes or something. And I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> oh yeah, super geek, which is perfect because I'm not a, a tech geek at all. Um, so I just let him try all the shit, and then he tells me what's worth getting. And then I just get that. So I have my in-house um, technical advisor. Right. Which, yeah, because I, I don't have the patience to test stuff. Like when I go skating, I don't want to sacrifice a session, like trying something that's not very good or breaking something in. I'd rather just skate the stuff that I'm used to and that I know works well. Yeah. Um, I, I almost, when I skate, I don't even like to think about the skates that I'm in or the technology I like to that it kind of breaks me out of flow right to to focus on the stuff that's on my feet I like to just ignore it and pretend like it's invisible and not criticize it or wish it was different just it is what it is and like deal with it and just try to skate and enjoy and think about other things other than the gear that I'm in yeah yeah. Whereas Joey will really yeah. like critique and like think about the stuff, which is great because he'll just try everything and say, Hey, you should get this. Uh, this works really well. I think you'd like it. And then, yeah, it usually works out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah, my I, guinea pig. I tried. Yeah. This year I've tried to be more experimental and like try as much stuff as possible. And then I realized I just hate everything. So, <laughs> yeah. I was like uh, trying all these different wheels and I was like, these are actually, I was getting like angry at the session being like, uh, why are these so slow? Why do yeah. these feel like I'm on train tracks? Why are these like, this profile is disgusting. Or, <laughs> or like, got a new, I tried like loads of different skates as well. I tried the the new Rollerblade Blanks, the Sean Keens. Yeah. And literally the moment I like stood up and rolled, I was like, no, I, I, no. I hate these skates. I hate them. <laughs> I hate the way they feel. And as soon as I saw them, I was in love with them. I was like, they look like Dirks. They, they look, look dope, Dirks. Yeah. They're nice looking skates. But just the heel pad in it, because you can't take it out. And I feel like the heel pad just, it feels like you're just always skating against something. And I saw yeah. all these reviews and everyone's like, this skate's incredible. And I was like, I like, I despise this thing. <laughs> right. Well, so, a big part of it is like what you're used to going yeah. into it. It might be a great product, but if it's really different than what you're used to you're gonna is it oh like what the hell is this um and also like i i see it seems like we used to be used to breaking things in for a long time we used to accept the fact that like okay i got a new pair of skates they're gonna feel like shit for about two weeks till i like really break them in get my grooves in there but now like people were like no we're not spending two weeks getting used to a product if they don't feel great right out of the box fuck this yeah which you have to give a lot of credit to the them skates i think like right out of the box they just feel incredible they are yeah that was yeah because i I tried the mesmers and i really i really liked how they skated but they were just tearing apart my like i would take my skate out 
my, I would take my foot out of the skate and then for hours afterwards, it would just ache. Oh, I, was no. like, oh, I was like, that can't be good. That can't. No. And it's just, my, I've just got big, stupid, wide, slabby feet that just don't fit that skate. But yeah. so many people are like, break it in. And I'm like, I'm 38 years old. Like, yeah, do, you know how long, do you know how long it's going to take me to break this in? Like I get to skate yeah. for like two hours a week. Like yeah. that's not going to, that will take a lot. Like, you get to the end of the year and they're still not right. <laughs> right. See, that so. is pro- part of the problem. Like when we were kids, we would skate for five or six hours at a time. So you break in skates pretty fast, but now with these little short daddy sessions, it's yep. like, no, it's going to take me a month. It's just not worth it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we went street skating during the week and parked our cars at the base. Glasgow is just a massive hill or yeah. lots of really, really steep, like San Francisco steep, violently steep hills. And we, oh, parked wow. the, we parked the cars like far enough out of the city where you don't have to pay for parking. And we're like, oh, we'll just skate. But So we worked our way down the hill and it was only a half an hour skate on the way back up. But by the time I got back to the car, I was like, my entire body is in agony from skating <laughs> from spot to spot. I was like, I can't yeah. do this anymore. And I remember <laughs> as a kid, I used to do it for like 12 hours a day on a Saturday, like every weekend. Like it's nothing, yeah. And my calves hurt for like the rest of the week. Like they've only stopped hurting today. And I was like, oh no, like getting close to 40, you just can't do that. But hey, that's a good workout. Yeah. Drive to the spot, yeah. skate the spot, drive, leave. Exactly. No, no going from place to place. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So things have things have kicked in full gear. So that means so what's the what's the plans for the year with with you guys? What are you because obviously you're gonna do more video projects. We definitely are. Yeah. <laughs> so does that mean does that mean more mushroom blade and more more big wheels? Are we going to get another big wheels out of you? Um, that's a good. You know, no, I don't think I don't think we'll do another big wheels. Okay. Um, we're going to do a lot of product placements in big and small wheels. Right. Um, it's interesting. Like when when we made big wheels, that was a really novel concept. Like to film tricks in yeah. bigger wheels nobody had done that so it was high novelty and i think now we're more like maybe trying to merge things maybe that's the direction we're going maybe we don't like um and when i say merge i just mean try to merge the wizard stuff with aggressive yeah. try to make it all one thing as opposed to two separate things I still think that's the future um there's just some technical difficulties that everyone is experiencing you know having bigger wheels and smaller grind spaces and but I think we're moving towards the center we're becoming more centrist yeah. in our inline skating people maybe people people have taken it on and proven it as like the like a uh, colin kelso is oh yeah i saw him on the wizards and i was like yeah, that that makes like dominic sagona someone as well that you'd think it would make sense for you to get into wizards like you were already doing those kind of movements big time yeah so it wouldn't be that much of a leap but yeah when he and yeah. now you can see him like already put when they did the like latest instagram thing i was like that's that that looks a lot like wizard movements that you're doing into and out of grinds and stuff like that and definitely um, sean keen as well and i don't know if you've seen the new muzzle video yeah i have with I uh, loved it. marius's yeah, it brother really fabian he was he was yeah. wizard in the hell out of, like he was doing like a, a what are they called tornadoes or start well what's the thing called we cross your legs and like 
pivot on them? Like um, pivot points. There was a lot of like wizard movements into grounds, yeah. like toe pivots. And yeah, Sean, oh, yeah. It, it was like very, that. I appreciated the wizard influence in that yeah. video, the merging. You're right. Yeah. The merging of wizard movements and aggressive. Um, yeah. I, I was a big fan of that video. So I, I think I think we're very much like I don't even think it's like and that's going to be the future. I think that that is it now, and it's just yeah. You might be right. People yeah, are, you are right. Um, people are really like doing interesting things just on aggressive skates, but I still think there's I still think there's um, there's room to evolve with bigger wheels. I think okay. um, like a lot of the things that people are doing would be even smoother and cleaner and more futuristic if the wheels were maybe a little bit bigger. Right. Yeah. Plus, yeah, it wouldn't hurt. I, and, but sorry, I shouldn't even, I shouldn't say like more futuristic. I appreciate the, the, the advantage of smaller wheels. Like you see it with Colin Kelso, a lot of his recent skating, he's, doing things with the smaller wheels that are incredible and very futuristic. Um, there's a lane that, that is unexplored with bigger wheels merging with grinds. Yeah. Or just moving or just trying to move away from being as grind focused as we are, because I think that is one of the kind of major drawbacks of aggressive that, because it is so grind heavy for people from the outside, it's just like, it all just looks like the same thing. Whereas when the Kelsos right. are doing things like that, like with the foot movements and things, or you see someone like Danny Beer, um, I think it was Greg Preston was telling me like someone basically came into the shop, the them skate shop that had never skated and they'd, they'd just seen the Danny Beer at it. And they were like, that guy looks mental. Like I want, <laughs> I want to do that. And I was like, that's cool. Because if you just saw someone like hitting grind, 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 it doesn't matter how technical or impressive it is to, to the outsider, to like the pedestrian. They're just like, that's all the same thing. Like if I show my partner a video thing, she's like, you might as well just be doing the same thing over and over. Right. And a lot of it is so complicated that they, they wouldn't be able to appreciate all the little nuances. It would all just be this barrage of sliding and swiveling and yeah. Like I think uh, there is something to be said about more simplistic skating that people can people can kind of understand the the nuances a little bit better. Yeah, because um, we used to always say that like to an outsider, a grind is a grind. Like it doesn't really matter what, what type of grind it is; it, they're just sliding on a surface, you know. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like if, if, if you front say like a long rail or you like sweat stance it to anyone, they're just like, he grinds it a long rail. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what the trick is. So yeah. yeah. Um, plus I have thought about that a lot. Like when, obviously when I started in the nineties, Royals and stuff like that were just like a new thing. And the, the level of like grinding hadn't really progressed that much. So it was really easy to understand or like learn the movements really quickly and be like, oh, this is a royale, this is a unity, this is a soul. Whereas because yeah. it's moved on so much and like people are so technical, I, th I think for someone coming into the sport now, it would be really overwhelming to just understand the huge vocabulary of tricks. Totally. Like you're like, wait, what? So like, what's a macchio? And like, what's a fish brain? And like, wait, what? And what true spin? What? And alley-oop? And like, and then just coming up with all this. Whereas 
when I started, the tricks were still being developed. So like, I was like, oh, people are like jumping on, like, oh, that's an alley so when you're going like the other, right, okay. The and then true way, spins yeah. come in and it's like, oh, like you don't look at the obstacle first, right? And so it, like you were learning as the sport was like developing it, whereas now it's like, it's almost, I don't want to say a finished article, but it's, it's just become like this such like, massive created thing that we've developed over like the last 30 or 40 years now that it's just a lot to unpack for someone that first <laughs> yeah. pick, first picks up a pair of skates yeah i mean it is it's amazing that all those options are there but in in a way it can be it can be overwhelming it can be too, it can be too much even for even for people who are savvy and who have been doing it for a long time like the complexity of it sometimes can almost take away from the simple joy of it yeah. i mean just like just just putting on skates and just rolling is incredible um, but i don't think a lot of people truly appreciate it because they're so hyper focused on like what am i what what am i going to do today that's like new and novel and something that nobody has ever done or i want to try this extremely complex move that i saw on instagram um, and that stuff is great, but it's important to sometimes just go to the super basic and just really appreciate just having skates on and just rolling and just feeling that, that meditative feeling, you know, remember that. It's, it's, it's really interesting that you say that when you're such a big advocate for wizard skating, which is one of the most complicated, technical and difficult to unpack things I have ever, like I've been obsessively right. watching those videos for about a year now. And you literally cannot any, like someone like, I don't know, Leon or Stuart Bratty, like I watched their movement and I'm like, cool, I'm going to watch this like 15 times just to understand how their feet are <laughs> moving like that. And then I'm like, now I'm going to, need to play it in slow-mo or I'm never going to actually understand how to even attempt it myself. And yeah. like, if anything, I would, I would say like wizard skating is like even more um, like hard to break through than aggressive is because at least by aggressive, you're like, all right, there's point. Like, I think aggressive skating is a lot easier than wizard skating. It can be more simple to understand. But even like the, the thing about wizard skating, is you really you don't have to do any moves or tricks to really appreciate like just rolling in wizard frames just feels so good and i would recommend to anyone who's like new to it not to get focused on the the tricks trying to learn the movements just put them on and just really appreciate the feeling of rolling in them and then slowly like things will naturally happen where you want to expand what you're doing but just rolling in in like big wheels, just the coast, like the little effort that you have to put in just to keep that momentum is just incredible. I mean, I agree with you in principle, but the problem is as soon as you see one of those, you're like, I want that looks, oh, that looks incredible. I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. How does he do it? How, do, how does he spin fakie 360 on one skate? The, 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 the skate's not leaving the ground. How is he spinning on the, I don't, what, why is he not catching and falling on his face? Like, I don't <laughs> And I, I feel the same way when I watch like Leon, I've, I've been there where I've been sitting there scrubbing through one of Leon or Stu's edits, just like watching the same trick over and over. Like, how did he do that? What, what is he exactly is he doing? And there's almost this like discomfort that goes along with that. 
this anxiety that's like I'm trying to figure out this thing and I don't know it's uh, when I'm when I'm in a better a more a place where I'm in really enjoying a skate video it doesn't matter as much the technical moves there's just this really good feeling that accompanies the video you know what I mean yeah as opposed to obsessing over like the tricks that the people are doing and trying to imagine yourself doing it and I don't know it's a mistake to compare yourself too much I think like the best sessions are when you're just doing you you're just doing the things that you appreciate about skating maybe you're you're pushing beyond your boundaries like four percent nothing nothing too much and you're not you're not trying to be Colin Kelso and I say this and and usually I'm just trying to be somebody else and I'm very critical of my skating. So like I'm preaching to myself a little bit, like you need to just appreciate the simple things. I mean, that's, that's a very, uh, it's a very admirable view to take, but yeah. And in, in practice, you, I, I, cause, cause what are we trying to do? What are we trying to do when we go skate? We're trying to like get into a flow state. We're trying to get into a state, like we've all had those sessions where we just like, we feel high afterwards, right? Yeah. Where like the world disappears and we're just so absorbed in what we're doing and we're all kind of chasing that ideal session. It doesn't happen all the time. It definitely doesn't. Um, sometimes you go out and it's painful. It's not, it's not <laughs> very fun, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's the reality. But I think we're all trying to chase that, that flow state. And there's things that like distract you or prevent you from getting into that flow state and compare, comparing yourself to other people is one of them. Trying to be somebody you're not is one of them. Um, being mean, overly critical of yourself. Yeah. You speak for yourself. I've I've been trying to be champion bomb stimler ever since I was like fourteen years old. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm pretty close. I think now. I think, I'm, I think <laughs> after after like twenty five years of rollboard, and I think I'm I think I might might be close. Get there. I think you're better than champion. Um, I I don't know. My my knees could not take any of the impacts that he did. He would literally just jump off. Oh my god! The top of Half vert pipes. ramps. Yeah, that's vert ramps. I remember seeing that and being like, I don't understand how the human body can absorb that. Why? Yeah. Why? Why does something not snap? Wow. Yeah, that was incredible. Um, Over the guardrail, and that was on old USDs, which were heavy and fell apart. So Jesus, I was like, I don't understand how the technology is. <laughs> I was like, my friend can't keep a cuff bolt in for an entire session, but you can throw it off the top of a vert ramp. That doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy that uh, that trend is over. Yeah, that was jumping terrifying. off of really high things to yep. flat. Yeah, to flat. I could see if it was into a ramp. <laughs> yeah, rollerblading <laughs> went through. That was just like the, I think that was probably like my least favorite era of rollerblading when just everything became a terrifying circus spectacle. It was like, I'm going to grind this kink rail and transfer to the other one. And if I don't make it, phone 999. And I was like, why? 
<laughs> or wow, like yeah. the first spot of the session would be a drop reel. And I'm like, how is this the first spot? I'm like, why are we, why are we doing this to ourselves? Why are we doing this? And like yeah. people would just be like dropping like flies throughout the day. And it wouldn't be that uncommon for like half the skaters to not be skating by the end of the session because they were just getting just destroyed at all these oh just God. wild things. You yeah. got to prove yourself. I did prove not. your worth. There was, there was you, definitely you part a, of this crew or not. Yeah. Jump on that drop kink. Yeah. You got to prove your commitment to the family. That was the kind of weird time when I felt like blading went from being like an outsider thing to a very like bro sport. It felt yeah. when I started, blading felt like really punk rock and dangerous and like something that your parents wouldn't want you to do. And I was like, that's why this is appealing to me. But then it got into that and I was like, oh, this has kind of turned into like, sports kind of like you guys have made Definitely. this into it was like who can spend the most on tech grind who can spend the most off a grind who can grind the biggest thing like and i was like this is just get this is all getting a bit too like dick swinging contest for me like yeah yeah it was you know it was the age it was our age males at a certain age just have to like prove how courageous and how manly and strong they are they you know whatever they're doing is going to turn into that kind of dick swinging contest. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I suppose it was inevitable and yeah, there was, there's a lot of cultural. Um, but reasons. I, I kind of wish, yeah, I, I I'm excited for a time when there's more participants in rollerblading that are mid twenties and are going through that. So we can sit back and watch the entertainment. <laughs> It's kind of interesting in that sense that like the culture has moved so far away from that 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 when you watch video sections now they're nothing like what they were like 10 20 years ago but skate competitions are still like that like they are still like it's yeah. very much like oh like this guy's gonna like i don't know drop a 900 or like grind off the biggest obstacle or like jump from it's the rafters true. into the thing and that's the guy that wins and right, it's really right. weird that as a sport, rollerblading moved so far away from that, and we don't really focus on it as much. Obviously, you've still got big skaters like you know Carlos Bernal or Michelle Prado or Julian Cadeau and stuff like that that still of do like massive stuff. Yeah, but, but then competitions just it just feels like it's gone, it goes no, back to that the biggest, the hardest, the da da da. da. Although people yeah. now complain that the people that win contests now wouldn't have won contests like 10, 20 years ago, and I'm like, I'm not necessarily sure that's the case because i think there's a lot more consistency now as well so that's the thing yeah there is more consistency you know, more nuance um but if you're just looking at amplitude um they're right if, if it's purely ampl amplitude like some of the tricks that went down in the early 2000s were just absolutely insane from an amplitude yeah. perspective yeah and um, so it's just, I think we're in this really interesting, like, yeah, skating's just going in these like very different directions at the same time, but trying to push towards some kind of like unknown end goal. And you're like, I wonder where this is going to end up. Like, I did not predict grain shoes making a comeback. That was not. Mm, that's surprising. Like, I understand 90s nostalgia is big, but w like when Power Slide reintroduced Epic Grain Shoes, whatever it was called, I was like, okay. I, even with all the nostalgia for that era, I, I did not predict that being one of the outcomes. I think it's great. I think the, the biggest problem with rollerblading is the wheels. So I think it's great that they took those damn wheels off. You know, that, that I really has been hate, ruining the enjoyment really for hate, everyone. Yeah. 
I just hate having to skate up to a grind. I would rather just run up to it. <laughs> it does. It does open up all those spots. All those spots for like dirt run up that all the BMXers get to enjoy that we don't. Or like they, yeah. But it's just in in the nineties they were obviously marketing that towards teenagers because all skaters, most skaters, were teenagers. They were marketing it towards inline skaters and skateboarders. But now most skaters are between 25 and 35. And it's like, right. are you going to market these quite immature looking trainer? Like even now, like I wouldn't wear like chunky skateboard shoes anymore. Cause I'm like, I'm 30, <laughs> I'm 38 years old. Like I'm not. <laughs> what? Like you don't want to just be walking down the street on your way to work and just like grind on that handrail. Like, you don't, don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. I don't want some guy like shouting out, like call me like a boy, like some like he's like, what's with the what's with the washed up like boy band look like what are you doing like just yeah um yeah i just don't feel like i can pull that off but it'll be interesting to see who they try and market it to because they've got like a strong team so they do have a strong like, it's weird like, they've got well, they've this... just like recruited all their like power slide employees and been like you need to promote these grind shoes but you would think if they weren't into it, it's like Nick Nick Lomax does not do anything he doesn't want to do. Like he like just basically live. He's like, I'll put out Instagram clips as and when I want. He's like, I'm not yeah. filming full parts anymore. I don't need to like I don't I don't I've done all that. Like he's got like 50 street sections. He doesn't need another one. So he's just like, I'm just gonna amaze people on Instagram. So I'd imagine if they went to him and he was like, No, I'm not. I don't want to do this. This is lame. But he he was like, no, yeah, cool. Send me the shoes. I'll yeah, I'll grind stuff on them. Montre as well. I I don't yeah. see them making Montre do something he doesn't want to do. They, they seem on board with it. So yeah, I think yeah, you got to be a good employee if you're going to be on Power Slide. Got to be a, a team player. I don't know. I think they they were probably like, oh, free shoes. Okay, all I have to do is grind down a rail. I don't know. Have you seen the shoes? <sighs> Not up close. <laughs> I think you've seen them close enough. I've seen soap shoes. I'm just imagining that they look exactly. I think soap the same shoes looks soap better. Shoes. I think soap shoes <laughs> yeah. definitely looks better. Um, <laughs> you had a better name for sure. Yeah. You get. I mean, you guys worked with Power Slide. What was that like? Uh we we were always at a distance. Um, yeah, we worked with undercover. For a while and it was simple you know just made wheels and but I'm, wheels. I'm guessing they approached you how did that start i believe so yeah that was a while ago that was what two three years ago when we started um it made a lot of sense like to because we were really create doing like the big wheel stuff um so we we made like a 90 mil and 100 mil um yeah, and that it was it was a good relationship, but it it ended up just being limiting because we didn't want to be just big wheel dudes. Uh, we ride all different wheels, so um, did you approach? Them I believe we had a, we had asked them. Yeah, we oh, had right, asked okay. them about doing like a like a sixty mil or something, and they didn't want to. They didn't go for it. So we we're like, oh. Um, probably just be smart to just make our own wheels we can make all the wheels <laughs> <laughs> this is true they were like i'm really sorry you guys aren't core enough and um yeah. aggressive skaters just aren't aren't gonna aren't gonna be into it and you're like you know you'll see do? yeah i'll show you <laughs> um 
that's yeah, that's kind of wild that they they weren't like well, I guess they have got quite like a lot of yeah, they got a lot of people, and they released quite a few like sick like they. At one point, I noticed they'd released three different 60 millimeter wheels for like different pros. And I was like, why are we just, <laughs> we've just got all these 60 these different colored 60 millimeter wheels. And we're like, okay, cool. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, but like, I remember we were all, we were all stoked. We were, we were getting a 65 mil that they had made and okay. they shipped them to us. And we looked and they said 60, 65 mil, but they looked a little big. We measured them and they were 68. So they just like came from the factory. I don't know. Nobody noticed. We were the first to notice that, yo, these aren't 65s. These are 68s. That That is kind of odd. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But they're just making so many wheels. Like they don't even check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just an entire batch goes out and they're like, ah, even, what size was that? I don't know. Yeah. Um, you guys have had like successful product launches though, because you had the K2 frame that sold out in what, like a day? Like yeah, less than like, a day. Like a few hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there was obviously, what was it, two wheels with Undercover? Is that right? Um, Three. Well, three. yeah, we did a, well, the green, we did a green and white with the same graphic on it, mm-hmm. kind of mushroom snaky thing. And then the, the Twin Peaks wheel in two colors. Yeah, I think those were the only ones. And then you guys have obviously got your own wheels out now. And from what I understand, like, didn't some of those sell out like pretty like straight pretty soon as well? Is that right? Well, yeah, they were all sold out by the time we announced the uh, the wheel. Yeah, uh, sh- they were all sold out to shops. Um, not sold out, but sold from our end uh, to shops. Um, and yeah, so- we have. A couple orders, future orders that are booked and sold. Yeah. No way. So that that, yeah. that basically, I think that says quite a lot about mushroom blading's cultural relevance within skating. Because if you guys are able to shift that much so quickly, it, it is an indicator that you can make it bigger or do more or like I don't know how many you ordered, but like that you could potentially make a bigger order in the future and still have financial viability and it not be as much of a risk as you're like, well, we got rid of this many this time. So um, does it like, have you been shocked by the response to these things? Cause like when those frames, I was, I couldn't, that's, that's kind of wild for frames to like sell out that quickly. And then obviously the wheels and stuff later on. I have been surprised. Yeah. Especially by, by the wheels. Definitely. I was surprised at the, how quickly they sold and the demand of them. We can't really, well, we wanted to really build it up slowly. Um, and so we've, like the size of the orders that we're doing, we didn't expect to be so big right away. Um, but it, it, I think, I think we've just been doing this same thing for so long me and joey like we didn't we see the secret i'll tell you the secret the the secret formula of mushroom blading success is you don't want to be too good that you get sponsored if you're if you're good enough to get sponsored then that's going to ruin the whole thing because you're going to start making edits for this company and start giving your like footage and 
you're you're not and then that company is gonna die and then all of the footage is gonna be completely irrelevant and it won't mean anything what you want to do is you want to you want to be a little bit good but not so good that you get sponsored so that you can always film under your own hub with your own boys and not get pulled away on some tour with professionals and blah 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 and that's what me and joy have done we've just for years we've just been making videos um and for a long time under the name mushroom blading so it just like it was just a a, a matter of time um that the that the word mushroom blading is infiltrated rollerblading and it's very uh just well known and the the brand story is very long and it's embedded in rollerblading mushroom blading it definitely is i I would say i'm willing to argue there's not any active current aggressive skaters who do not know what mushroom blading is or i've not heard of it because yeah like I remember, was it Cirque du Soleil? I'm sure I saw like a video review for Cirque du Soleil and Daily Bread, was it? Or Box? It was one of those magazines. Yeah. Because And yeah. I remember the, it being very complimentary, just being like, these guys do not skate like anyone else. Like this is, was it Daily Bread? I'm trying the to com- think. The cover stuck with me because I just remember being like, my God, that cover is terrible. Like, I hate it. Like, what, look at that. And then I read the review and I was like, wow, they, how did they even get this video reviewed? Like, normally they're reviewing like England volume or something. I was like, right. how did this even happen? I was like, man, that seems pretty positive. <laughs> yeah. And that was like the, that was the benefit of uh, sending, we used to mail out VHS tapes. <laughs> That was the old internet. That was yep. that was the YouTube. We'd make a video, we'd create like five VHSs and just like, okay, let's figure out what Arlo Eisenberg's um, address is, and then we can mail this to him. <laughs> or yeah, let's mail one to Drew Backrack. Yeah, he knows his stuff. We'll email one to him. So that was like the <laughs> the early YouTube. D- did you um, actually send videos to Arlo? Yeah. Did yeah. he ever like? <laughs> did he ever respond or like like let he you did, know that he'd yeah. actually watched them? He did, and he gave us like a huge spark. You know, in those early days, we sent him. I don't know if you've seen Okay Buddy, fuck whatever. No, seriously though, how to be unpopular? It was like the video before Cirque du Soleil. I don't think so. And the whole video actually is on the Cirque du Soleil DVD. But we sent Arlo Okay Buddy, and. uh his response was extremely uh exciting and motivating he was like very complimentary of it and very stoked and he actually wanted to distribute that video okay (laughs) and we turned him down (laughs) why we uh, (laughs) we uh we didn't think it was good enough You're like, we don't want too many people seeing this. Like, uh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of crazy to think back on that Arlo wanted to distribute. Well, I don't know if he wanted to, but he had, you know, connections and he wanted yeah. to help us get it uh, distributed. And our response was basically like, no, um, let us make another video. Okay. And it'll be way better. And then we'll distribute that one. And that's what Cirque du Soleil was. Right. Was, uh, 
the sequel basically um which yeah it got distributed by empire distribution i don't know if you remember yeah, empire yeah i remember empire, yeah. and yeah michael Pawlik. um yeah that was pretty exciting just to have like a distributor you know and they yeah. you know had connections with angie and they got us an ad in daily bread and all that stuff so yeah were there, were there any other moments of that in like the early years where you had like reached out to people in the community and they gave you feedback or they, they or you had any of those kind of interactions like who who else yeah now that you ask um we sent how to be unpopular <laughs> going back one more video before okay buddy there was how to be unpopular on vhs and we sent that to drew backrack right. um and he 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 gave us some very positive feedback. He said him and his roommate watched it all the time and they really enjoyed it. That video had a lot of hooligan, like a lot of, you know, we were young. Shenanigans. Shenanigans, that's the word. Uh, a lot of drinking and, you know, destroying private property and all that kind of <laughs> fun stuff. Just uh, little asshole. We kids. were very influenced by like uh, CKY. Yep. Um, Tom Green uh that type of stuff there was actually a a, a a show in kamloops on public access um before tom green um and it it was only aired in kamloops it was called euphorium emporium okay and it was a group of you know late teen early 20s people they would make like these skits and do kind of like almost jackassy type stunts but it was before jackass um they would you know run around the streets naked and interview random people and it was really good it was really funny right um but it's interesting that like nobody outside of kamloops i don't think has ever heard of this but it's on youtube now if you're interested it's really funny it's okay. like from the from the early 90s and it's it's all filmed in kamloops um and it's it's really good uh but that was a huge influence on us uh right. that we wanted to incorporate like more personality into the videos we wanted it to have humor and uh yeah so that's that was what how to be unpopular was did any of those did any of those guys from you what did you say it was called euphorium emporium right yeah do any of those guys still live in kamloops or like do you ever see any of them because i imagine kamloops isn't a very big place so you're probably like oh i, I recognize that guy yeah they are still around okay. uh there's what, a guy in in mb7 there's a guy that's riding a bike and he blows me a kiss right it's a really uh, short scene but he was like a little kid in this uh in a few episodes of emporium emporium um right. And we actually ran into, if you've seen MB4, I think it is at the very beginning, there's a really weird scene with me and Joey where we're in costumes like wigs and stuff. And we're with these other guys and we actually stumbled up. We were skating at a university in Vancouver on a little filming mission and we stumbled upon them. They were filming something not obviously not euphoria emporium but some kind of weird skit that they were doing like a kids show or something like that and they're like hey you guys want to be in our skit and so we joined in on their skit and there's footage in our video 
that people are probably like, what the hell is this? Cause me and Joey are in like wigs and we're with yeah. these weird guys doing weird stuff. And that's what was going on there. Yeah. Right. That's pretty cool that it comes full circle at that. Like, so they, yeah. they influenced your videos and then you Definitely. randomly bump into them and you appear in one of theirs. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Like, <laughs> that's, that's very much like, yeah. Closing, closing the ring on that. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what are, what are those guys doing with themselves now? Good question. Uh, I think, man, you know, I think one of the guys is a lawyer, like one of the main guys, really smart dudes. Um, I'm not exactly sure what some of them are. I think some of them are filming. Oh, one of them actually, Adam, I think his name, he does, he does like, uh, I want to say commercials, like for the Vancouver Canucks, like during the game, during the hockey game, they'll have like on the big screen, these, what, I don't even know what you would call it, like promo, like just a, just these videos to excite the crowd. Yeah. Um, and they're all these like lumberjacks and stuff. Um, yeah. And he's doing really well making those types of videos. Right. Yeah. And he That's was cool. actually, he, he worked on, uh, what's that snow? There's a snowboarding video game. One of the early ones. SSX? Like SS, yeah. SSX. Right he made that or he was one of the main dudes who produced that wow yeah 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 so there's a lot of connections yeah yeah, with you for him that's cool that's well at least one of them still doing creative stuff yeah oh yeah yeah so see the reason why did why did you send it to drew backrack is it because of better than drugs no it's because of under the influence right okay we were huge fans of under the influence and life plus um, I never, I, so life I plus was already better than drugs time. until years later. Right. Okay. Yeah. Our, we, you know, there were holes in our video, uh, libraries in Kamloops. The only place we could get skate videos was from Vancouver. There was a shop. So if they didn't get it, we just didn't see it. So we saw yep. under the influence and all the life plus videos. Um, and of course there was that really good section that they made in battle. My crew where drew backrack did the alley porn fakie five out. Okay. I've, I've really I, I kind of, by that point I'd stopped watching VGs. I couldn't, you know, when something's <laughs> just so established that you just lose interest in it. Like by, by the time it got to that point, I was more interested in like the Dave temple videos, like espionage and stuff yeah. like that. Or like, whenever it was made by someone I didn't know, I was like, Oh, I'd rather check that out than another I BG. Um, I hear you. And I really yeah. hated the crew mentality thing as well. Like, Oh, <laughs> wait, wait, our crew's better than your guy. Like, I hate, uh, it just Battle seemed, my crew. It seems so like organized sports that I just couldn't, I, I couldn't <laughs> handle it. But yeah. It, that is really lame when you really think about it. Battle <laughs> my crew. It's like, just, it kind of reminds me of like the fight scene in like Anchorman where they all just meet up in their different like outfits being like, right, yeah. you know, we're, we're from here and we're from here and we're going to like <laughs> kick your ass. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> It is a, it's a lame title, but it's a cool concept that all the different like groups would uh, create an edit for like a video to make it like a contest, like we're better than you. That's kind of lame, but it is cool to like assemble a video. Like we did, we actually had a Canada version of battle. My crew, we would, uh, we would make edits and that was kind of cool. You'd send your edit off and then you would get the VHS and it would have like 
edits from all over Canada. That was kind of cool. But I hear you on the like the name of it was just lame. Battle my yeah. crew. We were trying to be, I don't know, hip hip hop or something where they have those um, rap battles. Yeah, I do know what you mean though about like missing out on stuff. Like, there's so many videos that. Like we had a shop in Glasgow that sold skate videos, but they only had like a limited number. So if say they only brought in like five copies, well, if you went to the shop and the five copies were gone, you missed out on that like that episode yeah. of VG or whatever video. I only saw unless the you had a buddy that you could like trade yeah, another like, video. There was for, a lot like, of that going on. Yeah, you'd yeah, just go around yeah. to people's houses or get like a blank tape and get them to copy it. But I only saw the FR team video for the first time like this year. It was yeah, it was, me too. It was me up too. on YouTube for like a week, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. how like. Because I loved all the skate, like Gil Vasquez was obsessed oh, yeah. with Gil Vasquez, and then so when I saw sick. his footage in that, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like he is, yeah. Even for the, for now, even then, I was like, "He is smooth on skates." Yeah, I still remember seeing fast shoes for the first yeah. time with Gil Vasquez. It was just blew, that section just blew my mind. They were just so stylish and gangster. It was like, "Holy shit, these kids are dope!" Yeah, yeah, and then. I just saw not too long ago that John Ortiz had went on holiday with him. And I think Austin Paz was there as well in Puerto Rico. And I was like, this is what he's still around. He's still like, you just, these people just disappear and you forget that they ever existed. And then to like, see him pop up and like someone's Instagram, like a picture with him. I'm like, this is mental. Like, (laughs) so did you ever get like back then, did you ever like send stuff to people? I don't know that you wanted uh, like validation from and they got back to you and just it was not positive at all and you're like shit like yeah. that person just <laughs> shat all over us like <laughs> yeah we sent uh the first mushroom blading we sent it to justin eisinger <laughs> oh god <laughs> and and this was the first person that had seen it this was the first like feedback that we received right. and it was just like this shit is like I hated this video <laughs> like you guys are just like I appreciate you guys uh I'm paraphrasing but it was basically like I appreciate you guys like trying to do different types of skating but it was just so ugly and especially Todd's movements I just found to be really ugly and uh just trying way too hard and we we're just like you know we were all stoked on this video we had made <laughs> And they was just like, ooh, like my feelings, my feelings, like they're they're in they're in pieces here. Why would you? <sighs> yeah, you made a big mistake here, Joey. <laughs> yeah. So let's but, um, let's get rid of our cameras and never make anything again. Thank yeah. you. Like right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty harsh. Have, but, have you uh, had any contact with him since? Because obviously, like you guys have just got bigger and bigger. Like, has he ever had any? or even acknowledged being like wow i totally like said you guys sucked and now you're kind of killing it um well we did that angie walton interview that you know she didn't have very kind words for justin and uh actually i I gave angie a really hard time about that because angie promised me that interview years before you guys literally she like helped i got in touch with her when i started the print publication oh wow I was like, I need your wisdom because the whole reason I'm starting this is because of you, because I, the magazines that exist right now just don't do it for me. I was like, I want to make something different with teeth, with yeah. like articles that people go, ah, right, okay, as opposed to just going, I don't know anything about this person than when I before I started reading it. And she like, yeah, 
she promised me the interview totally flaked so many times then did you then oh, did yeah. jump street and i was just like straight on the. i was like angie you like you owe me an apology oh, dare <laughs> she, you. she was like yeah yeah she was like you're right she's like i messed up <laughs> um but yeah she always had she always didn't have good things to say about justin but what were you saying no. before i rudely interrupted well yeah we did that interview and then justin you know obviously wasn't too thrilled about it but we offered him an opportunity to like come on our podcast and you know get his perspective um because we weren't there we we obviously don't know what yeah. the truth is we can just talk to people and you know um but i think he was he didn't take us up on coming on and he's i i don't think he's a huge fan of us okay so well starting with you know mb1 his review <laughs> wasn't very uh you know it wasn't five stars so, um, so he reached out to you to tell you that he was unhappy about it. Was he unhappy with you guys for it? Because I, f- I find it really funny when I'll, I'll interview people and then I'll get attacked as if I did something. Based on what they I'm, said. And I'm like, I'm not responsible for the response. I ask right. the questions. I don't give the answers. So exactly. you don't, if you don't like the answers, that's not on me. Yeah, but David, you put it out. Okay. Yeah, a, so you are, in a sense, responsible. And I think that was his mentality was that we were purveyors of misinformation, uh, irresponsible journalism, you know? Um, so, you know, we tried to, we said like, Hey, yeah, come on our show and set the record straight. You know, if there's inaccuracies, like we, we will, uh, give you a platform just like we gave Angie a platform and he, wanted nothing to do with it so the ambiguity does work in his favor though because if he comes on and you know you you're very good at curveball questions so (laughs) if if he comes on and you make him look foolish then it just it just you know makes the damage so much more severe whereas if he stays silent even if people talk shit about him without knowing the like the full story it kind of works in their favor it's like I think back of examples like, you know, NIM ending and stuff like that. And there was all this like shit talking on either side being like, oh, this is like, you know, Brian did this or John did this. But the thing is, because no one ever actually came out and clarified it, it means that the rumors can be floating around, but it doesn't actually do any real damage because nothing's ever been properly clarified. It's just, it's just rumors. Right. We need, what we need is a rollerblading court. We need like a, like a judge and when there's issues you know we have a court of rollerblading law where the the defendant and the and the accuser come together and we have witnesses and we have documents and we can prove <laughs> so like a judge a judge judy for bleeding exactly yeah exactly like okay That's- you could be the judge I feel like you look like a judge. You Not could, impartial you though. It. That's the problem. I'm never. No. I'm never impartial. I always have to <laughs> stick my stupid opinion in there. So yeah, that's the that's the that's the that's the crux of the, the yeah, issue that's there. Problem. <laughs> <laughs> so at, at what point did like you guys have been making stuff for so long? Like it's literally like I think it's, it's got to have been twenty years more. Yeah, more. Yeah, and solid 25 years <laughs> like yeah i was i was thinking 25 but i didn't want you i didn't want like me guys said even older like at what point did 
did you start being like, whoa, this is picking up traction? Like people are people are interested because obviously for when you started, you just didn't care. Like you just kept making stuff. But at some point it must have reached an audience or was there any point where you enjoy or like, holy crap, people are like into this? Uh, I don't think that point ever happened. I mean, it, it clearly did. <laughs> like you, you guys have now, you guys have now influenced skate culture to the point where people do certain tricks right. and someone goes, that's definitely taken from mushroom bleeding. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, there was a point there, there was a point over in the last couple of years where it felt like every podcast that I listened to at some point, somebody would say mushroom blading and would reference us. Yeah. And that became like this weird thing where, because for a long time we, I think we were known, but not in a very positive light. Okay. Not, I mean, some people were positive about us. I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of negativity was, we were like, yeah, people had a lot of negative things to say um, for a long, for a long time. And then it flipped, I think in the last few years where it's been a lot of positive. So yeah, that, that happened for sure. There was a flip. I think the culture has changed a lot. Oh yeah, definitely. Of course, like this, the the types of skating that people are doing is much more similar to what we were doing, you know, in those early videos that were extremely different at the time. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Is it, is it similar or is it influenced? I would argue that it's influenced. I, I wouldn't say like, you're like, oh, people are skating like us now. And that's, that's why we're like, I'm like, I, I would say that you guys promoted it to the point that it got big enough that more people did it and now it's become a thing in blading and you guys are responsible for that that would be that's how i've observed it over the years yeah i think we influenced some people that are that were better at skating than us to skate a little bit like us and then and then the world saw those people and that's what i mean just yeah exploded yeah like you, yeah. you provided like you know the nugget of an idea to someone and then you've right. got someone who is an exceptional i don't know aggressive skater yeah. then starts implementing those things and and that's but then people see it and they're like ah but that does look like something i've seen like the mb guys do but right it's just now it's coming from you so it's like yeah. i don't know when you see yeah. sean keen or something like that implement certain movements so like that's all that proves your cultural influence like the the thing that you've brought to he can it a sport, but like what you've brought to this that we do. Yeah, there is truth to that for sure. Um, and we, we all do it to a certain extent. Like we're involved with this very interesting, like group form of creativity where we're all, you know, taking ideas from one another. Um, I think what we did was just kind of open up the floodgates, like um kind of make it acceptable to experiment and do weird things there was a long time where it just wasn't acceptable to experiment or there was a lot of there was a lot of pressure peer pressure to skate a certain way yeah you no know, it was like it was like and it was natural it was just where we were at in our evolution as people and as skaters there's that point in high school where everybody dresses the same 
you know, and, and it takes a lot of courage to wear something different or to do your hair in a different way or, or whatever people that's where role betting was at. People weren't thinking for themselves. There was, there was the thing that you were supposed to be good at and other things were bullshit. Like you go to the park and there's that one big ledge that everyone skates. And if you're off in the corner skating this little manual pad, you're just a, a kook and nobody cares. You know, that's, that's what the attitude was when we went and we did like mushroom blading. Um, so if anything, hopefully that video and those videos opened up people's minds to that, like, oh, I don't need to go skate that big, crazy ledge. If I yeah. want to skate this little bump over here, I can, and it can be cool. I can, there's so much I can do on it, you know? It's, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, there's always been skaters like that throughout the years. Yeah. And I've always found it really interesting that the only way it was ever respected is if you'd established yourself as a really good aggressive skater first, <laughs> if you know right. what I mean. Yeah, get that and street cred. Then you were allowed to get weird and creative. But if you right. just came in weird and creative, people were like, nah, fuck that. You don't no. know the rules. Yeah. Like that's not that's not that's not <laughs> how this works. Like yeah. don't don't drop your experimental dream pop album if you've not actually brought out the mainstream hits first. Like exactly. we want so we want some drop kinks. You need yeah. to establish your worth. And then, you know, if you want to work in some heel rolls and stuff, then yeah. then it's okay. It's like, so cause you had, yeah, Dominic Segona came in with like, I'll grind off roofs and I'll true spin tops. So I'll hand rails. And then after a few years, he's like, now I'm going to do all the weird, like, right. like, like pivots and, and like crossing the legs before jumping onto grinds and like doing all that. And people were like, God, he's so creative and good. But then someone else would come out the gates doing that, like, I don't know, make a Yeager or something. And people would be like, oh, he's just a weirdo, like one of those like skinny rocker dudes like he's not like oh we don't like that like <laughs> but, it's so true so you gotta establish your your worth yeah so so <laughs> but there is there is something honestly i think there's a benefit to you know having that kind of foundation in your skating um having that almost like if you grew up doing like big gaps big rails uh big tricks and then when you're older, you move into more creative stuff. You you do have a bigger like foundation of skills that you can draw from. So there is something to be said about having that that base of uh, more standard movements. Potentially, yeah. Um, I just, but I the problem with it is you almost get hooked on the attention that you get from dropping those like dope tricks. And so you, most people almost like being really good at that stuff prevents you from experimenting with other moves. Cause you just go back to the well, you're like, oh, I know I can do this really sick, you know, true top pouring down this kinker and I can get, you know, 10,000 likes on Instagram. So why would I fuck around and try to do this ses weird ses slide thing? Like you get hooked on that attention. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Um, Something just popped into my head that reminded me of when you guys, was it you that interviewed Dave Lang? I can't remember whether it was you or Joey. Yeah. And yeah. then Dave just talked about how he basically like, like didn't respect you guys when you first came out. Cause he was like, nah, they're just ripping off Dustin Latimer, like pure yeah, yeah. Canadian weirdos. <laughs> yeah, I think he called Joey a bad Dustin Latimer in the, in the comments on something. That yeah. was a really good one. Um, <laughs> it's kind of true. 
But his attitude obviously <laughs> changed to it because or he wouldn't have came on the podcast. Like he obviously respected you guys enough to do that because otherwise he'd be like, no, you guys are pure darks. I'm not, I'm not going yeah. on your podcast. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So there's never been a point where like, I don't know, you phone Joey up and you're like, man, like, can you like, like they were just talking about us in that part or I don't know, someone that you like really respect or like, you're like, people keep, people keep bringing us up. Like we, we are obviously a thing now. Never. It just, it just I don't believe you so guys slowly. didn't talk about this. Well, honestly, like certain podcasts and stuff will send to each other, like, holy shit, like, did you hear what so-and-so said or whatever? Um, but there's been just little things for such a long period of time that that one moment i don't think there's been that one moment there's just been small things consistently along the way over a very long period of time that have happened that have okay. been little you know catalysts or little hints that hey like you're doing something right you're doing something interesting this little thing happened that was like a little nugget of like positive inspiration yeah. you know there's been so many of those throughout the years um i guess enough to keep us kind of motivated to do it but really like the the, the most important thing is just the the joy of doing it like if it if that if the process itself isn't uh joyful then we're not going to be doing it you know and that is, that's beyond like what, what people say about it or what people's response is. Like the most important thing is that we enjoy doing it, that we go out and have that spark. You know, you can't, you can't depend on positive feedback to provide that spark. The spark has to come from you being excited about the future thing that you're, that you're doing. True, but the positive feedback is also like it's it's one of these things that can be a driving force and spur you on to want to do more. Because if you didn't get any feedback, you're right. like, "This isn't connecting with anyone. This isn't finding an audience." And then it's true. Then there would be no because you could just skate for yourselves or like not have to go through the hassle of like spending hours editing something and like correcting it and making sure it's just right for like. It is true. Yeah, you're right. The the positive feedback does provide inspiration to do it. Um, but you almost have to be willing to get the negative feedback as well. Or not Yeah, you can't you can't just chase the positive. You ha you have to be willing to like think for yourself and be like, "I know this is sick." I also know that people are going to have a weird reaction to it, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's important. But if you get too hooked on the positive, then you won't take those risks. Right. So it's, it's both. It's, it, it is, there's a, there's a balance involved. Like, yeah. of course the positive is nice. It's nice to hear somebody say like, I really got stoked when I saw this video that you guys made or like, you know, I love that. I do love that. But I'm also, I understand that the negative feedback, we get a lot of shit talk and that's fine. It's expected. And it's like, it's a part of the whole thing. You can't, yeah. I like to create things that are polarizing. That's exciting to me. Yeah. Oh, you know, you're on 
that that edge, right? Yeah, yeah. You guys are definitely um, antagonizers, but I think that's just kind of always been the case, and probably why you guys are such big fans of Arlo, um, and that kind of era that he basically created within blading. Um, so yeah, that kind of makes sense, but it's yeah I, I know what you mean like if, if if you see that something works and you're like oh if we just if this works and we just keep doing this then but then that could just get it could backfire because you're like well we're doing what we know gets views and likes and gets like positive feedback but then people are like oh they've kind of just like pigeonholed themselves and now just doing the same thing but i, I don't think there's ever any fear of you guys doing that because you're both very clearly creative individuals and who have weird ideas so like like even like in the latest video where you're just like running on your hands like that <laughs> that that image will never leave my head like i regularly it, it just it just pops into my head for no like i can be just <laughs> making lunch and it would and i'll just start <laughs> laughing and so like what can you when can you say that about like any other skate video like oh god that you know I'm not just sitting there and then a top sole just pops into my head. No, like right. Todd running with his shirt off, like towards the camera, being a creepy bastard. Like that's going to be right. Yeah. So. Right. Uh, Those kind of cringy things. Sometimes that's what sticks with you. I, I, but it, it works and it, it leaves an impression. So I, I, yeah, I don't see how that can be a bad thing. Um, or I love how people have started using Joey's clip as a meme to like make fun of people that aren't good at skating but that was that was exactly what he was basically doing in the vid and i'm like you can't like okay so you're using you're using a meme of a joke that he already made to basically make fun of him so it's like when he did like he pulled up his pants like really high and like did a stand up yeah. and they're like when your knees don't work because you're an old like out of shape shit blader or whatever and i'm like that's like that's basically that's basically the joke he's making like you're what are you talking about I love um, it. Uh, my favorite was uh, it, it was like a, a picture of Frankie doing like a dope grind. And it was like, this is how I think I look when I skate. And but yeah. this is how I actually look. And it was Joey doing his, yeah. like, his Mizu. But I love I love how funny skating can be, like how how silly and dorky uh, rollerblading can be. There's a lot of possibilities for just humor and just weird movements that, like you said, like just stick with you. I, I mean, rollerblading definitely has the capacity to be incredibly dorky. And that's, it's, <laughs> it's one of these things that throughout the years, I'm like, it's, it's really hard to make rollerblading look good. And it's really hard to make rollerblading look easy. Like yeah. you can just hop on a skateboard and push. And as long as you can just skateboard down the street, as far as anyone knows, you are a skateboarder. Oh, if yeah, you can yeah. if you can do it and just look like you don't have to be able to do any tricks you'd have to be as long as you can just push down the street and be able to stop people are like that guy's a skateboarder right right but just skating down the street most people don't look that good just skating down the street they just right. don't, like, it takes a lot of skill like i've been skating 25 years i can do a certain amount of tricks but i know skating from a to b if someone sees me they're just like look at that darky bald guy on skates like what's yeah. he doing like <laughs> They have no they have no idea that I've dedicated like decades of my life to it and like studied it and like just tried to get as good as I can at it. But they're just like, look at that fucking nerd on a pair of robots in the street. Yeah. <laughs> so 
it's yeah it's i love i love that i think role-playing breeds that kind of like not giving a fuck kind of uh because we've all we've all been mocked we've all been you know bullied for it and but we know that it's cool like and we don't need validation from from the people otherwise we would have stopped doing this like a long time ago yeah so it kind of it, it exercises that kind of freedom of thought so that's a really underestimated skill in life is the ability to think for yourself i mean it sounds so simple but with all the information and and peer pressure and messaging from from everywhere everywhere is telling you what's cool telling you how to live your life telling you what's important and it's very difficult to like really think for yourself and really think what do i want in this life what makes me happy what do i think is cool um and i think role playing helps with that doing something that the world thinks is lame or that you went through especially our generation right because we lived through the harsh days of like yeah. the late 90s the early 2000s when we were really really un uncool i mean i've been like harassed and chased <laughs> and like people yeah. hated the fact that yeah. i rollerbladed and people like people the reactions that people gave me when i said that i rollerbladed it was just like heartbreaking it was just like disgust like ugh, like but for me to continue to do it and realize that not everyone likes this but i think it's amazing i don't know it exercises that that will yeah. to think for yourself yeah my partner and i have talked about that before because she's like she's like, i love how you're so passionate about something that just no one gives a shit about she's like literally <laughs> no one cares about rollerblading and she was like yeah even when it comes if it comes up like if we're out for drinks or like out for dinner or whatever throughout we've been together for like 15 years if it just somehow comes up or someone's like, oh, what do you do for fun? Or do it? And I'm like, oh, rollerblade. And then she's like, I love how every time you mention it to someone, you even have to explain what it is because they're like, <laughs> yeah. they're like, you role play. And I'm like, no, no, roller, <laughs> rollerblade. And they're like, wait, what? And I'm like, like, just like grinding and like going to the skate park and stuff or like slide. And they're like, oh, okay, I, I guess. Sure. Like, and she's like, I, I can just actually, the most she's awkward like, awkward conversation. Yeah. She's like, I get frustrated for you because you're, yeah. or like, sometimes if I'm just feeling like really obnoxious, I'll be like, oh, it's like skateboarding, but on rollerblades. And they're like, right. what? And I'll just say something just to fuck with someone's head. Yeah. Um, I'm like, it's like Tony Hawk, but on rollerblades. Yeah. Basically. Right. And they're just yeah. like, what, what? And she's like, I can tell you've just had enough of being asked stuff like this now. So you'll just say like the most obnoxious thing that comes to your head. No, like, yes, I will. Um, yeah, or someone says, a, yeah. I used to rollerblade. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't care yeah. that you used to, right? I, I, I used to play football. I don't bring it up every time. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Don't tell me. <laughs> like someone spots you with like a skate brand t-shirt and they're like, oh, they still make rollerblades. Just leave me alone. I don't, I don't want to talk to you about it go away right um but yeah. yeah she's like i just love how much it's exhausting she's like i love how much you care about it that like you're just so like protective of it that if someone tries to engage with you about it and like that in a in a way that you find like undermining that you just won't have it and i'm like no yeah. no i'll shut i'll shut the conversation down straight away or someone goes oh, i used to skateboard and i'm like i don't give a fuck that you used to skate like oh so all right so what you're saying is hypothetically because at one point in time you used to skateboard 
and I still rollerblade. That means that if you did still skateboard, we would be mortal enemies. I'm like, what are you talking? Like, you're a grown man. What are you talking right. about? Yeah. <laughs> like, leave me alone. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> She's like, I've got no interest in rollerblading. She's like, but the way like you just passionately defend it just makes me like it even more. Because She's like, literally no one is into this thing that you're obsessed with. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. It's that's very okay. unusual. Yeah. It's a very unusual thing. There's not many things like that where people are so disinterested or have a weird feeling about it especially now as you get even older because it's like everyone you're talking to or at least i am also has kids or is also of like a certain age or like is established or owns their own house or whatever and they're like they're like you fucking what like you you what and they're like why is david limpin oh like he fell down a set of stairs last week and they're like what (laughs) why we you're what like grow up why are you doing this and i'm like no i won't like because what's what are you saying so growing up is stop doing something i enjoy stop grow up be unhappy like everyone be unhappy yes you're making us uncomfortable with your like, passion, your strange. Look, look, look at the passion. pain you're putting your body through. And I'm like, I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind yeah. that. That's not an issue for me. Physical pain <laughs> is not an issue. If it was, I would never have done it in the first place. Yeah. Um. So yes, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. We just kind of get that insight into what I refer to as pedestrians, like a pedestrian's view on what you do, and they're just more often than not, they just think you're either an idiot or insane. Yeah. Um. But it's, it's healthy. It's healthy to experience that because a lot of people would just never go down that road that's unpaved or like weird or, you know, that goes against how most people think. Yeah. So, that's, yeah. yeah. That's what I like about it. Like when someone, when, when someone speaks to me about it respectfully and they're like, God, that's really cool that you've got something you're so passionate about. And they're like, what, what keeps you do-? like, you know, you're obviously getting older. You've had all these injuries been hospital and i'm like because you will never understand what it feels like to be terrified of something and do it anyway right. and then overcome it i'm like have you ever done something that's like actually made you like shake and they're right. like no i've never put myself in that and i was like i've literally stood at something and thought i really this could go very wrong yeah and i could either be in hospital or die and i was like but i'm gonna do it anyway and now you obviously don't get that feeling because you're older and it's just now it's just enjoying it for the but i was like i felt that more times than i can actually remember and it's an insane feeling to like roll away from something and be like i fucking did that and that's oh, yeah. mine now forever oh, God. You, so or even just if like unlocking a new trick and like yeah. dedicating hours to something or even days or weeks or months or whatever and then you get it and you're like even if i don't land that again i landed it and it's mine yeah. You will never know how that feels. And that's why I keep doing it. And they're like, okay, yeah, that makes when you explain it to someone in that terms. But it's yeah. It's yeah, the... people understand a feeling, you know, people understand that, you know, the the adrenaline rush or like you know the you know, the feeling of accomplishment. So what's like, if blading does get bigger and which has obviously been indicated with the kind of little boom that we had during COVID and things, I guess things have started to kind of like level out now, but you know, yeah. skates selling out really quickly and things like that. Is is that something you would like to see or 
would you prefer it to be the way that it is still this like niche little weird thing that's like more personal or more yours if you know what i mean like which right that's which, a good question which outcome would you like to see yeah that's a good question because obviously if it does get really big there's downsides to that but i think the good side the goods outweigh the the bads i would like to see role biting get really big i think that would be really cool i would love that like i've said before i would love to just be walking down the street and just see groups of kids skating handrail or whatever like i just i would love to live in that world where tons of people were skating of course there would be annoying things that would come with it it would be heavily commercialized and there would be you know bullshit ad advertisements on tv and there would be weird um television segments and you'd have to deal with people kind of misunderstanding what it is <clears throat> but it would just be so cool to have more people skating more kids like role biting is pretty small in that in that age bracket in like the you know 15 to 20 group and i would like to see more participants that age oh yeah like every time i look at the youtube analytics for the channel or the podcast it's hilarious i'm like wow everyone that watches this is above 30 i'm like oh <laughs> yeah. my god yeah um either that or just well, anyone under the age of 30 is like i'm not watching this bald guy talk again give me a break <laughs> man <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, I really want more younger uh, participants. That would be cool. Yeah, I want it to grow for sure. I want like skate shops in every little town. I would love it if there was a, a skate shop in Kamloops. That'd be great. Why not? My, my only fear is with the whole things getting bigger is that we don't learn that we don't learn anything from what happened previously so we're always like oh we're older now we're wiser we're more established we've got a culture like we won't allow ourselves to be marketed this way again and i'm like yeah but there for every person with conviction and morals and like standards that they set themselves there's a thousand people behind them that just want to get paid it's true so, so it's like yeah we would actually like you to like wear the wear the clown outfit and just do a grind on this ramp really quick where we advertise like fanta and they're like yeah okay i'll yeah I'll do it yep, five yep. grand yeah I'll, I'll do that and there will be a lot of stuff like that you know if it gets bigger there's going to be a lot of like weird situations with some lady with a clipboard that's telling you like what move to do well i mean not you but some someone will be victim to to that you know There'll be a lot of victims of uh industry <laughs> as the you know wherever there's a big industry there's a lot of people that are just there for the money and uh it's not fun at all and they kind of miss the point yeah of course you know you see that in skateboarding um but it's up to the individual to find you know their truth within that and there'll be, you know, it would be great if there was more opportunities for people. And opportunities are just that. You can take them or leave them. You know, if it's not for you, then walk away. Uh, but there will be a victim to that opportunity. There'll, there'll be some cash involved and they'll end up, you know, soulless, yeah. dead on the inside. It cannot, <laughs> it's, yeah. 
I, I, bas- I get ever since I started the podcast, just because of who we had on at the start or like who wanted to come on at the start. And cause they all had very similar stories about razors. It became this, Oh, this is just the <laughs> podcast. People come on to like make fun of razors. And I'm like, but if you think about it, it, it didn't have a negative effect on the brand and nothing changed because most people just didn't care. Yeah. Now, obviously there's two sides to the story and razors for, might have, have their own version of events that could make the skater look bad. You don't like, I don't know what happened there. I'm, I'm just taking someone on their word and giving them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But it was, I was just quite surprised by the amount of people in the comments that are like, they just don't like, they're like, I don't care. I like the skates. I don't care how they treat their writers. It's true. <laughs> and you're it's like, true. well, how do we expect things to change or get better if we tolerate that kind of behavior? Now, I'm not saying. Right. I don't, I've met Andy like twice. I don't really know him very well, but the stories that have come out are bad enough. What about the stories that haven't come out or the story, the people like, I, I've heard of worse ones that people just don't want to publicly voice. Like I've heard ones of like people being like, I'm, like I was literally an employee and I didn't get paid. Like not, not a skater. Jeez. I was an employee. And I'm like, well, that's not legal. <laughs> like, you know, so the stuff like that, but then scares are just like, yeah, but SLs are cool, man. So that's, that's all that really, and I'm, I'm like, but I'm like, and then the same person will be like, God, I really wish like my favorite pro skater could get paid and like do this as a full-time job and like have it as a career. And I'm like, you can't make that argument in one breath and then say, I don't give a shit how a certain brand treats its riders or staff because I like their product. Like it's like, yeah, the, the disconnect, I, I still find quite jarring at times well once you find a skate that works you know i don't know i i think the you know like if i if i loved razors i would probably still skate them i like that that i have a good feeling about like the brand of of skates that i skate definitely but I've gone through horrible skate crises where like every skate that I try just hurts my feet and it's not fun. And if I was in stuck in that and then a skate came along that, you know, they exploited people and didn't pay their employees, but the skate just felt so good. And I felt like that was my only option. I would probably skate it. That's interesting. It's like, where do you, you yeah. Know. Where do you draw the line? It's like, well, what if I can no longer do the activity I enjoy and comfort then what's the point? Yeah. Right. Because I would say we even know it's not like, it's, it's not like a skateboard where like they all pretty much feel the same. So you can just pick the brand that you connect with the most and who has the vision for the future. Like skates are a very intimate thing. Yeah. And if they don't work, it's not a good feeling. It's not fun to skate in skates that don't fit your foot or, you know, it's intimate. Yeah. Like a skate can be great, but if, you know, what if you have a, if you have a wide foot or something, which I do, like certain skates just aren't going to feel as good, even though they might work really well for someone else. Oh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And I I do also think in the same, with the same token, if razors weren't in skating anymore, it would have such a devastatingly negative impact on the sport. It would be unreal because there's people that will literally only skate that skate just yeah. like with salomon like there was people that were like i will only skate salomon and when salomon yeah. stopped making aggressive skates they're like well i'm done 
Like, if, <laughs> yeah, it's like, true. If they're true. not making my skate anymore, the only yeah. skate I like, I'm not fucking skating anymore. There's no, there's right. no point. There's and, a lot of people like that with razors. Yeah. So true. you, as as much as I would like things to change at the company or how they treat people, I definitely wouldn't like to see them gone because I think the negative impact it would have on blading would be unbelievable. 